Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. Today is the third and final episode in our series on sex hormones. So, so far we've gone through a lot of the different symptoms of imbalance and then last week we talked about some of the other things that can cause these hormonal imbalances. And so this week is the week we've all been waiting for, the week where we're going to talk about what we can do about it, how we can solve these things and get people feeling better. Yeah. So, um, similar to what we talked about in our previous series with how we deal with thyroid and adrenal issues, um, it goes back to um, first doing some type of a consultation so that we can figure out what exactly is going on based off of a person's history. A history can tell us a lot, um, specifically about these sex hormones, because we want to know, have these symptoms that you've been having been going on since... Um, since you were a teenager, right? Maybe since when um, you started having a menstrual cycle, um, did something happen in your past that was significant that then led to these problems? Could it be, you know, even even you were pregnant? Um, maybe there was um, a big um, time where you lost a lot of weight at some point in your past. Maybe you gained a lot of weight at some point in your past. This is a bunch of significant things about the history that can be found out in a consultation to really just lead us down the path of saying, okay, this sounds like this potentially is a sex hormone issue. Mm -hmm. The other thing with that is, is since we've talked about how much it's linked to other hormone issues, we can dive into, okay, do you have a thyroid um, problem? Is there autoimmunity? Mm -hmm. um, is there adrenal um, or um, HPA axis dysfunction issues happening, which can also then lead us to um, what's going on with the with the sex hormones? Mm -hmm. Yeah. From there, I always have people fill out the metabolic assessment form, which people, if you've been following along with the show, should be familiar with that. Um, and it's just going to talk about those symptoms. So we can get a lot of those symptoms from just taking the history, but this gets more specific. Um, just helps people. Sometimes people have a, um, just trouble describing what they're actually feeling. And these assessments can not only give them um, some um, guidance on how to describe what they're feeling, but it also can rate it, right? So an example on here um, is extended menstrual cycle. Some people don't necessarily even know how, what an extended menstrual cycle is, but this says greater than 32 days. So that's um, the assessment form's definition of an extended menstrual cycle. So then that's helpful for people to say, oh yeah, I do have a, you know, a longer menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. um, another one could be um, pelvic pain during menses. So mm -hmm. Maybe that's there, but it's only like a one or between a zero and a one. So probably not sig that significant. But if it's a three, then now we know, okay, there's something significant going on here. So we would need to, we would need to do something there. Mm -hmm. Probably some form of relieving, relieving suffering with that. 
So there's a section on here um, specifically for females, just menstruating females. Just ask them, you know, I don't know, 15 or so questions about the cycle, um, about symptoms that can happen around the cycle or just even symptoms that maybe they always um, struggle with. And then there's one, of course, for, for menopausal females, um, which we haven't talked too much about that. That's a more complicated issue than the, the what we've been going through in the past couple of weeks, but that also helps us to identify if maybe you're there or if you're in that kind of perimenopausal um, state where you're getting closer to, to going through menopause. So from that consultation and the assessment form, that's when we get to, okay, what type of testing do we need to, need to do? Now I've mentioned um, the Dutch test in the past couple episodes, I think a couple times, um, but that's the, the primary test that I use to try to figure out what exactly is going on with, with the hormones, it's really to just identify these hormonal imbalances that are, that are happening. Now the Dutch test is an amazing test. We've we've mentioned it last series because it's also how I evaluate adrenal hormone um, function. So you can get both adrenal hormone function and sex hormone function within the same test. So that's one of the big reasons why why I love to use it. But when we're talking about specifically the um, sex hormone section of the Dutch test, I'm identifying a number of different things. But the the big things that I identify is okay, where are your estrogen levels at? So do you have high estrogen levels or do you have low estrogen levels? So we've talked about the symptoms of um, too much estrogen going on in the body. We've talked about the symptom of not enough estrogen going on in the body. So the Dutch test really tells me, okay, where is a person at? Do they not have, do they have not enough or, or do they have too much going on? And then also with that, um, one, one thing that you will not get if you were to do some type of a, a blood test or a serum test for estrogen levels or even if you were do, to do um, a saliva test, which are also good tests, um, you wouldn't be able to get what are called metabolites. So how, how does the estrogen, regardless of how much you have in your body, how is it then broken down or what's called metabolized or, or you can think detoxed out of the body? So estrogen should be used by the body and then it should be processed and eliminated from the body um, or recycled if, if it can be. So this Dutch test lets us know what's the metabolism look like. So do you maybe don't have, maybe you have normal levels of, of estrogen, um, they're in a healthy level, but maybe you don't metabolize them very well. And when you don't metabolize estrogen very well, then those, that estrogen gets recycled back into the system, and then that's going to eventually increase estrogen levels or just increase estrogen-dominant symptoms or estrogen, high estrogen symptoms, even when the actual estrogen levels aren't, aren't very high. So that's another added bonus of actually looking at this, this Dutch test. So that's the estrogen. And then we, all of course, look at progesterone. What, what's the levels of progesterone? Is it low, especially in comparison to estrogen, um, or is it, is it too high, which would then basically we would look back and say, okay, how, why are you getting progesterone too high? Are you taking some sort of synthetic progesterone? Are you taking too much of a supplement that supports progesterone? What's, what's going on here? And then the last one would be the testosterone or the other androgens. You know, that can be a big deal as well. So again, the Dutch test just gives us a great picture of what's happening overall with these hex hormones so we can see what's the imbalance and then trace it back to their symptoms. Like, okay, okay, here's why you're having this particular symptom is because your estrogen's either high or estrogen's either low, whatever. So that's the key to helping somebody. The first key, I guess, to helping somebody with this type of stuff is to really be able to confirm, okay, this is what we're seeing happening at the physio phys physiological level, um, which then translates to good news is then we can actually do something about it. Yeah, because their symptoms will give you a lot of clues on what is going on, but you really are able to solidify and then make a, like a solid plan for someone after you see the results. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
I can uh, give you an idea here. So something like low progesterone, it's going to cause things like anxiety, can cause infertility, insomnia, irritability, um, you know, heavy bleeding, those type of things. Mm -hmm. So some other things that can cause that, this is low progesterone. So it could be just high estrogen. It could be high DHEA. It could be neurotransmitter issues. It could be hyperthyroidism. It could be high cortisol. So all of those other things can cause anxiety. So we would never want to just say, oh, you have anxiety. That's low progesterone. Let's support your progesterone levels, right? Yeah. Insomnia, again, a sign of low progesterone. But it also could be blood sugar dysregulation. It could be blue light exposure. It could be stress. It could be too much caffeine or alcohol before bed. Again, thyroid issues, gut issues, low melatonin, all those things. So there's so many things that lead to these same symptoms that we would never just want to base it off of how are you feeling and let's just try out something. Right. You know, that's the importance of this testing. We'll be able to see, okay, it might be low progesterone, but let's, let's actually confirm it on a, on a test to see if there's another kind of piece to that puzzle to say, okay, yeah, we should do something. We should do something about this. And with a lot of these being so, like, interrelated, like we talked last week, you know, a lot of other things, you know, like insulin resistance or all mm -hmm. that can be linked in. Would you a lot of times be doing another type of testing with the hormone testing to figure out other things or? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yes, I, th I think s so. When we're when we think about um, back to the history, if somebody is in their history, I'm identifying, OK, this sounds a lot. A lot of sex hormone issues are happening, at least symptoms that can be traced back to, to sex hormone issues. That's the big thing that I'm gonna, I want to test. Mm -hmm. So I either want to test that, I either want to test thyroid, or I want to test adrenals. And thankfully, the Dutch test gives us both of those things. That other stuff I can test, right? Like I can do a stool sample to see if there's a lot of GI issues. Uh, but most of the time, people with a lot of GI issues are not coming to me specifically because they have sex hormone issues, right? They're coming to me because they have GI issues. Mm -hmm. So that's when that'll kind of take me down that road of going to that testing. And then just looking for insulin resistance, looking for inflammation, those type of things that we mentioned last week, those are things that we don't necessarily need testing for because we, what helps those things is just something that's generally good for the body, right? Sure. So I don't, there's not like a specific, I mean, there are some things, but not specific um, supplement that says, here's what you take for insulin resistance. Got it. There are some anti-inflammatory supplements, of course, but those are just going to be good for anybody. It's not going to be harmful for you to take. Where if let's if you have high progesterone and then I just give you something that supports progesterone, right? That's gonna you're gonna go the opposite direction, right? You don't want to do that. Or if you have low estrogen and I give you something that brings down estrogen levels, then you know I'm I'm harming you. So that's why we that makes sense. Yeah, we can test, um, especially if I'm wondering. Okay, I think this is probably a toxicity thing that's leading to your hormone issues. Mm -hmm. Then we'll do that. Um, but if it's like insulin resistance, inflammation, um, even the HPA axis dysfunction um, that I'm assuming it is, then we won't, we won't need to do any sort of additional testing. Got it. All right. So what do we do about it? Well, it, that really just goes back to last week um, and what we just talked about is we have to identify then what are the most common things that could be leading to um, whatever it is we found on the Dutch test, right? So if it is um, estrogen metabolism issue. So let, let's just start with that. Let's say that you have estrogen metabolism issue. So how this is a simplified explanation, but how the kind of detox metabolism um, works in the body is you have this kind of first phase. Um, that's where you, you really kind of bind the toxins together. You increase, you know, um, liver function to, to try to um, bind up these toxins. And then it'll go to the phase two. And then that's where they start to um, 
the body basically what takes them through what's called methylation takes something off of them or adds something onto them so that they're more um, easily eliminated through the body and then the phase three would be kind of elimination there again simplified explanation but you can have problems with the first phase where you're not able to kind of put those toxins together and get them in to where they need to go or you can have problems with the second phase where you're not able to methylate them um, to be able to eliminate them from the body or of course you could have problems with both of those things so one of the, the benefits, again, of the Dutch test, we can say, okay, this is a phase two problem, right? You need, um, whether that's B vitamins, whether you need, um, so th specifically the B vitamins there are um, folate, so um, B9, B12, those type of things. B6 is, is important there. Um, if you're phase two like that, you could need um, something called glycine or um, glutamine. Those type of things are all beneficial for, for phase two. If you're phase one, that's kind of the other B vitamins, that's magnesium, um, that's calcium, you know, all, the, all these kind of minerals that are important for your body to, to be able to um, bind up things and get them ready to be eliminated. So we're, we're looking for, okay, what are you? Are you phase one? Do you have a phase one problem? Do you have a phase two problem? Then we're going to address those with most of the time lifestyle or specific nutrients, right? So I'm giving them supplemental help for the magnesium. I'm giving them supplemental help for the B vitamins whatever it may be, to try to upregulate those things so that now they can start to process, eliminate the estrogen um, properly, which can a lot of times can just eliminate the symptoms that they're having. If they're having, um, this is one that's kind of complicated, if they have low estrogen levels and they have metabolism issues, there's something specific that can help with the metabolism issues. Um, it's called, I'm not even going to try to say the word, but it's short, the, the acronym is DIM, or a lot of people just call it DIM. So it helps to take the estrogen down the specific pathway that's healthy instead of these other pathways that, that lead to things like cancer or lead to um, further toxicity. But the, that DIM also lowers estrogen levels. So again, importance of the testing, you would never want to just give DIM because they have estrogen metabolism issues because then you're just lowering estrogen and can cause, cause more problems there. So we want to try to figure out what is the specific problem and then what, what can we give from a supplemental help, from a support help um, to, to try to um, deal with some of these things. But overall, we're always back to lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? So if it's an inflammatory issue, if it's an insulin resistance issue, even if it's a toxicity thing, um, if we can just get the body eating what it's supposed to eat and avoiding things it's, it's not supposed to eat, if we can get the body moving the best as it possibly can, if we can get the body to try to, even if they're, they're not going to specifically focus on detox if they can just stop more toxins from coming in the body allow the body to catch up um, that's super big for the body we can get the body sleeping well um, and then of course if we can be proactive with with some stress management stuff so all of that is just going to get the body functioning at a high level kind of reaching its health potential and when you can get there that's when it's we're kind of at a place where we can say, okay, you're doing everything that you need to do to get the body healthy and functioning at, at a high level. And then now if you still have these issues, then now we can say, okay, here's where, you know, I mentioned the DIM or I mentioned the extra B vitamins. Um, some other stuff with sex hormone issues, there's something called Vitex, which is a, or chase tree berry. It's just a plant that you can get in supplement form. It helps raise progesterone levels, helps lower estrogen levels. Um, there's something called maca, another plant, same thing, kind of helps with balancing out progesterone and, and estrogen levels. So there's specific herbs, there's specific plants, you know, there's, there's things 
that you can do. Resveratrol is another one. So a lot of people think they can get resveratrol from wine. Potentially <laughs> can get that. But if you're having sex hormone issues, I wouldn't recommend mm -hmm. you know <laughs> trying to get that through wine. There's yeah. supplemental forms of taking it. Also very anti-inflammatory. Um, but then it can help balance out estrogen levels. So there's definitely all of these things that we can look at to try to um, get specific with what is your issue with low progesterone, high estrogen, whatever it is. But with the sex hormone issues, since there's so much, you know, downstream from other things, right. if you can just do the things that are upstream, the body will, will work itself out. That's, it's, I'm sitting here thinking how amazing it is that maybe there's things going on in someone's body that they don't even know about. Like maybe they don't know they're inflamed or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And just by the simple things that you always talk about, yep. it would solve multiple of the yep. underlying causes yep. that, that are going on. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, that's a huge thing about health is just when you can know that and you can trust that that's happening, that's motivation to continue doing it. Cause I think with people with health, they, they base it so much off of, you know, how are they feeling? How are they looking? Those type of things. And because they come in here and they work out and working out is hard. Like we both just experienced, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> We're both still breathing hard right. from what we did. A lot of people don't like that kind of, it's just uncomfortable for people. So if they do that and then they don't see this immediate change of what's, you know, how they look or how they feel, then, you know, then they don't want to do it anymore. Right. But when you can understand some of this stuff, that yeah, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with the body. But mm -hmm. why they're going wrong is because you're not giving the body what it needs and staying away from what it doesn't. So if you can just continue to give the body what it needs, eventually the body's going to get back to homeostasis and, and proper function. It's no different with these sex hormones. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard, I think, you've probably seen this firsthand with your clients of just keeping the motivation over a long period of time yeah. because they don't necessarily see the results right. that they're hoping for right away like maybe they would if they got a prescription for something right so how right. would you I don't right. know, encourage someone well yeah it's tough i mean because people it's i don't even have the answer to this but it's tough for people to understand even if i did for me to convince them that it takes years and years for you to live the the lifestyle that you shouldn't be to get to where you got to, right? So, it, and it could have started even when you weren't necessarily in control. It could have started at childhood, you know, where your lifestyle was kind of controlled by you, your right? parents, yeah. right? So, mm -hmm. what were they feeding you? You know, how were they letting you stay up really late at night? Were you in a bunch of screens all the time? You know, were you um, exposed to toxins that you didn't know about or they didn't know about? So all that, or did they not, you know, did they not get you into activities and things where you're moving your body? So all that stuff just adds up, right? We're always kind of going in one of two different directions. We're going away from health. We're going, you know, towards health. So if a lot of things that you're doing, moving away from health, that adds up. And then now you, again, you change your diet for 30 days. And sometimes that sees, you see drastic change with that, depending on where you're at. But other times that's not the case, right? Because <laughs> you've lived years in a way that you sh you shouldn't yeah. have been, and mm -hmm. then now you you know you live a couple weeks, and then everybody expects huge change, and there is huge change, but you just you're necessarily aren't gonna see that in how you look and maybe even how you feel. So when you when you think of it like that, of you know how long did it take me to get here, um, versus okay, well how long do I need to focus on the good things to be able to get me out of this spot, then that I think that's helpful. That's at least really that's the only thing you can tell somebody yeah because <laughs> yeah. you know you can you could try to try to be dishonest with them and say yeah give me 30 days and you know right. you'll lose but th again there's been some amazing things so my brother was a, a, a personal trainer and he, ha he had a couple gyms you know f five six years ago or something and he took two guys two different guys 
because he did it once and everybody was like, oh, that was just a fluke. And they did it with another guy where they lost 100 pounds in 90 days, both of them. That, that's like Biggest Loser kind yeah, of. Yeah, And he, he would he would despise Biggest Loser type stuff, so he <laughs> right, definitely right. didn't do what Biggest Loser did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he just had them moving their body. You yeah. know, he pushed them in that area. Um, thankfully, the guys were, you know, willing to, to go along with what he was doing. And then it was just specifically with diet, you know. He wasn't even doing any stuff that we're talking about as far as, like, testing and looking at are you mm-hmm. insulin resistant and, here, you know, here's how you go after that specifically or here's some supplements that can help. It was just guys that were working hard and, um, you know, getting the results. So they're, that's possible, but that's, that is not the norm, mm-hmm. right? Especially we're talking about two men, you know, we're talking about hormones. Their hormones are different. You know, they're going to be able to – we talked about the testosterone and more testosterone and, and more testosterone receptors in previous episodes. It's just not the same for women. So I don't think that that probably would happen um, for, for women to be able to do something like that. But they can still see huge change just by making the right decisions. Um, yeah. And like tuning in to how you actually feel and how foods make you feel, I think is really good, uh, which a lot of people in our culture just kind of you know assume like oh I feel tired after lunch or you know that kind of thing and then if you change your lifestyle tuning in maybe journaling or something oh I actually have energy this afternoon for once and just noticing little changes like that in your body rather than like big physical changes right yeah, I mean, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. So what, what we're trying to do, we're trying to educate people, and then we're trying to um, take people through this kind of changing their paradigm, right? Instead of, as opposed to just kind of a medical way of thinking about health issues, thinking more of functional, functional health um, paradigm, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. Well, or I think some people can think, oh, well, they're just telling me that I need to exercise and, and eat better type stuff. I mean, which is a big part of it, but it's still, you're still... I guess you would need you need guidance on this, right? So if you have if you have a health issue and then you go to see a doctor, they're treating you with, you know, they're trying to treat or manage whatever the the issue is. Where if you were to come see us, we're I, I don't want to call it treat, but we're still looking at you as okay. Here's somebody who needs guidance with whatever they have going on. We're not just people that are like oh, you know, so let's get you eating better, let's get you exercising, because then I think people can think oh well that's. I, d- I can just go do that on my own, right? Yeah. That's not been my experience. Right, <laughs> right, right. When I find, so just stick to the sex hormone issues. If I find these uh, from a Dutch test, from an MAF, from a consultation, okay, you have some, um, even if they're not super significant, but just hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, okay, we got to look at your diet. We got to get you moving. We got to think about sleep. Like, even though that's kind of, Oh, it's not common sense, but I think people understand that's just a lifestyle thing. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a, a medical thing. Maybe they're thinking it's still something that I'm prescribing to you, right? So you have to think about it like, oh, I have to go through this process in order to to actually get healthy. It's not something that you can be like, oh, if I can just start eating better, if I could just start sleeping, those type of things. It, it's not something to put off. I guess I'm saying, just like if you were given a medication by a doctor, you would take that medication if you wanted to get better, right? You would not say, oh, it's, I, I'll get to this whenever I want to feel better. When type it's thing. convenient. Right. So it's the same thing with this stuff. You have to think about it like, oh, if I want to get healthy, then I have to change my diet. I have to start sleeping. I have to exercise. And uh, thankfully, over time, you're going to start to develop rhythms, and then it's not a have to anymore. It's, it turns into more of a get to because yeah. you, you like how you're you know, feeling and you like how you're looking and, mm-hmm. and, you, and you're reaching your health potential, which is what we were created for, I think. So yeah you're going to enjoy it eventually. 
but in the beginning, that's how you have to receive it. Totally. Yes. It's a prescription. Someone's expecting me to do this. I think that is really helpful. The, the accountability piece of, it always helps me to think like if someone were seeing like a photo of every single meal that I ate today, yeah. Yeah. you know, what would they think? What, what would you think if right. you were looking at all right. the things I ate? And that's helps me kind of stay on, <laughs> yeah. on track. Yeah. What's kind of funny is, I mean, you know, my personality more than the listeners probably, but it just cracks me up how much of an impact I have on people in that way. <laughs> like I'm some mean guy that like, just calls them out even on what they're eating or whatever, but I tend to have that. What would Dr. Alex do? <laughs> <laughs> or they like, you know, they'll see me and I'm, you know, they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing and, you know, they, they have to bring it up or whatever. Like, yeah, that's I wasn't even thinking that's about funny. what you're eating right now. <laughs> right. It <laughs> caught me in the, in the Krispy Kreme donut right. line. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're a person too. And there's right. no one's perfect, but but yeah, it thinking of that kind of stuff does sure. help sometimes. Sure. So. Yep. Yeah. Anything else to add on sex? I don't hormones? think so. I mean, uh, again, this is something that's um, somewhat specific. So if there are issues and there's more questions, you know, just let us know about them, and we can we can try to help you in a more specific way. But I think that was pretty good as far as general what we do yeah, for these things. Definitely. Well, we hope that this was encouraging for you. Um, and if you know of anyone who might be struggling with some of these issues, definitely share this whole series with them. It's, a def it's important for sure to listen to all three episodes in the series. And we will be taking a week off next week, but then we will be back. And we hope that you were blessed by this. And we will talk to you next time.